Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. Hey, Chicago, I'm Aaron Allen, and this is The Rundown. There's the pit bull. Perfect eviction, open the door. Evictions. The kind you sometimes see on TV news where the sheriff knocks on a door and forces a person and all their stuff out of an apartment. Yeah, if you've ever been through that, you know it can be particularly devastating. It is a system that's stacked against tenants. It's kind of a last resort for landlords. And it is a costly process. It is emotionally traumatic for people. That's WBEZ data reporter Amy Chin. Illinois put a pause on evictions in 2020 because of COVID. But right now, Amy says evictions are back to business as usual. In May of this year, so very recently, we kind of passed a new threshold where about 800 people were evicted in Cook County, which is actually the highest monthly eviction count that we've seen in the last four or five years. Okay, but why? What did we learn about evictions during the pandemic emergency? And are we taking those learnings into account? Amy talks about this in the context of racial disparities in Chicago and some of the other reasons why so many more people are getting evicted these days. But first, she goes a little deeper into the experience of being evicted here in Cook County. Many things can prompt an eviction in Chicago right now. A landlord doesn't necessarily have to give reason for an eviction, but it's either, you know, non-payment of rent, the tenant violates the lease in some way, um, Mm. or, you know, the landlord just wants to sell the building to a developer so they can make more money. Um, But whatever the reason, the landlord has to first give notice to the tenant, um, and typically that's like a piece of paper on your door that says, like, hey, I'm going to evict you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it gives the tenant about five days to pay back their rent or 10 days to like nullify whatever problem they were having with the lease. Wow, that's Um, that's a long time. (laughs) No, it's nothing at all. And then, you know, after those five days, if the tenant hasn't paid back the rent, for example, um, the landlord formally files an eviction case with the court. And then the tenant is summoned to two court appearances by the second court appearance, if they haven't shown up, which is the case in a lot of um, eviction cases, the tenants just they don't show up because they're busy. Um, you know, court dates are often scheduled not very far in advance. Whatever the reason, if they don't show up, they are automatically evicted by the judge. Um, but if they do show up to both of these hearings, then it moves on to another step where there's a trial in front of a judge. And these uh, there's been a lot of reporting on this where um you know, in eviction court, judges often spend like a minute or less on each case. It goes really fast. And um, sometimes tenants have legal representation, but a lot of times they don't. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's the landlord that does. And so um, I think there's been data that shows like by the time an eviction case gets to that point, it's pretty much stacked against the tenant. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, if it gets to the point where the judge decides to evict that tenant, then they file the case with the Cook County Sheriff's Office. Then there's 28 days that they give the tenant to move out voluntarily from their their place. But at that point, it's like they have to be out. 
And then after 28 days, if they still haven't moved out, that's when the sheriff knocks on your door and forces you out. Mm. Yeah, it can be really drawn out. Um, it can take months, um, yeah. weeks sometimes. Yeah. So say we get to the point, you know, get through the whole process and the eviction actually is carried out. The person has to leave within 28 days. 28th day comes. Do you have a sense of where people are going when the eviction process actually follows through um, and they have to leave? Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, I haven't seen any data on this. Um my sense is that if you're evicted, you're probably not being tracked by any sort of authorities. You, it's kind of that's the last resort where they literally kick you out, and you're kind of on your own. Um, from personal experience, though, uh, during the pandemic, I did volunteer with an eviction hotline, and I heard a lot of stories, um, really heartbreaking stories, um, of people who are locked out or you know forcibly removed from their mm-hmm. apartments, and and a lot of times um, they end up sleeping with a friend or relative, literally any better couch they can find for that night. Some people have to call uh, for shelter, you know, emergency shelter for Mm -hmm. that night. But, um, you know, there's been studies that show that for people who are evicted, not only does that, you know, affect you, you know, immediately, but it stays with you because it stays on your record as a tenant, which makes it harder for you to find another apartment because the landlord can then see you have an eviction on your record and they'll be less likely to rent to you. The same study also showed that um, tenants who faced an eviction, um, they tend to end up uh, living in neighborhoods that are worse, uh, farther Mm -hmm. from work, um, have higher levels of crime, worse apartments, uh, just because it is um, harder for them to to find another place and um, yeah, unfortunately, it is not just a symptom of poverty. It is a cause of poverty yeah. for a lot of people. Do you know what happens to people's stuff? I keep, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about like where the physical people are, but also like I've seen stuff set out. I mean, setting, getting set out is like a phrase, <laughs> you know, tell me what do you know what happens to people's things? I, I think that's what happens is okay. that, you know, if you don't have a car or something to put your stuff in, the sheriff's office literally just clears out your apartment and puts all your belongings on the sidewalk. Mm. So the state of Illinois had an eviction moratorium during the pandemic. Do you have a sense of roughly how many evictions didn't happen because of that? If we're assuming that the number of evictions that would have happened during the pandemic was the same number as it was the case before, Mm -hmm. um, it would have been about 34,000 eviction filings that were avoided. Okay. And, you know, just to give you a sense of like how big that number is, that's roughly equivalent to the population of Skokie or Niles. Yeah, like a small city. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Some people were still being evicted, though, during this time, right? Yeah. So, you know, officially on the record, you know, looking at the data, there were about 1,600 evictions that happened during the moratorium. And the reason for those was that um, the moratorium didn't ban all evictions. Okay. Um, so-called kind of emergency evictions were still allowed where uh, if the judge determined that a tenant posed a significant health or safety risk to other tenants in that building, gotcha. the eviction could still go through. Um, but there was a lot of reporting, you know, during the pandemic about uh, evictions 
things that happened illegally. So whether that was, um, you know, the landlord changing the locks of the apartment without mm. letting the tenant know, shutting off utilities, electricity, um, making it uninhabitable for a tenant to wow. stay there. That's technically, you know, forced displacement, but it isn't necessarily considered a quote unquote eviction. Mm. Um, and there's also a lot of cases where, um, at least right now in, in Chicago, landlords don't really have to give a reason for not renewing a lease or raising the rent. And so likely what happened to a lot of people that doesn't get reported is that the landlord just jacks up the rent by $500. And then, you know, you kind of have to find a new place to live if you can't afford paying that. Wow. So lots of loopholes and informal ways to get someone out. Yes. Interesting. Um, So that moratorium ended at the end of 2021 and evictions resumed that December. What have the eviction numbers been looking like since that happened? Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, we're we're back at where we kind of were. It's back to business as usual. Mm -hmm. Um, In May of this year, so very recently, we kind of passed a new threshold where um, about 800 people were evicted in Cook County, which is actually the highest monthly eviction count that we've seen in the last four or five years. So can you get into that a little bit more? Why are evictions going up? Yeah. um, So I talked to a legal aid attorney who works directly with people who are facing an eviction, and I think she put it in a really just frank way, which is that evictions are back up because people can't pay their rent. And rents have been rising like crazy since the pandemic, the peak of the pandemic. And uh, for most of the clients that she sees, the the reason why they're getting eviction notices is an economic reason. So Mm. it's literally just for the non-payment of rent. Um, How high has rent gone up in Chicago? Yeah. So looking at um, data from Zillow on average rents in Cook County and Chicago, since 2021, it's gone up by about 25 percent, um, which, to give you a little bit mm. of context, is the steepest increase we've seen in the last 10 years. Wow. Um, and I know, like, in other places in the country, like New York and California, rents have really just gone up, like, way more. But it's still a very, very notable increase for Chicago. You know, people's rents are still going up, you know, $200 a month, $500 a month um, yeah. here. It's a it's a difficult issue because also landlords need their rent. Right. <laughs> I'm sure everyone wasn't slumlording it, you know, or like some people had to have been well-meaning. Um, yeah, there are like a lot of uh, kind of small mom and pop landlords who are you know facing property tax hikes, right? And so they they they're not raising the rent because they want to, right? So the, it's it's for everyone. It's it's a tough situation, um, and so it's not just tenants, but it's you know landlords um, who are facing the squeeze as well. Um, as with a lot of social issues like this, there are some racial disparities here um, that coincide with. Uh, neighborhoods in the city. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, so eviction filings and evictions themselves are highest on the south and west sides. Um, and like a lot of maps of Chicago, you know, it's often the same map that you see. Um, mm. So according to the numbers I looked at, um, evictions in majority black zip codes are more than double the number of evictions in other majority zip codes. And, you know, because Chicago is so segregated, 
it's it's pretty clear that it's it's a disproportionately affecting black Chicagoans than other groups. Um, and like you said, I think it's a lot of the kind of legacy of displacement, of redlining, of disinvestment. And it's it's this kind of continuing cycle that that happens. Yeah. One thing I'll add on that last question is when I was looking at the zip codes, there was actually one zip code in particular that really stood out. And that was 60649, which is Mm. the South Shore zip code in the years before the pandemic. And now it's by far the zip code with the most number of evictions. Um, I think in 2019, there were about 500 evictions in that zip code alone compared to other zip codes with which had less than 100, you know, evictions in a given year. And um, that's something that I think we want to kind of continue to look into um, why eviction rates are so high. I think a lot of it has to do with the housing stock in an area. Like if mm-hmm. there's a lot of renters, some of it has to do with, um, you know, what kinds of landlords rent mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. And then also I know in South Shore, there's a lot of concerns about gentrification and, and rents rising. And so um, evictions can sometimes be used as a tool for displacement yeah. uh, in the process of gentrification. So, Any big picture kind of learnings that you would take away from this as you're thinking about the reporting that you did? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I feel like I just we scratched the surface of evictions. You know, we just looked at some of these top line numbers. But I I think one of my big takeaways is is just kind of how structural this issue is. Um, you know, it is, like I said, a system that's stacked against tenants. It's kind of a last resort uh, for landlords. Um and it is a costly process. It is emotionally traumatic for people. Um, and I'm just kind of thinking, you know, is there a better way to resolve this? Mm-hmm. Um, during the pandemic, we had a period where there were very few evictions, um, you know, so we know what worked, what prevented evictions. And it's just kind of left me thinking, like, what lessons have we learned from the pandemic and why haven't we kind of implemented some of those lessons that help keep people in their homes? Amy Chen is a data reporter here at WBEZ. Amy, thank you. Thanks for having me. If you are a tenant and you are facing an eviction in Cook County, you can call 855 855- Nine five six five seven six three, or visit cookcountylegalaid.org to get free legal help and to get connected to rental assistance resources. And this is a story that WBEZ's data team is continuing to cover. If you or someone you know is experiencing an eviction and you or they want to talk about it, reach out to Amy. Her email is aqin at wbez.org. Also, a little note about yesterday's news episode. There was a story about a botched interrogation in Waukegan, where I mentioned that the city is about three hours north of Chicago. Well, it turns out I had my default Google Maps setting on cycling instructions. We've updated that episode to reflect the driving travel time, which is an hour. Waukegan is about an hour north of Chicago, if you're driving. My bad. 
And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Haley Bloomquist was the engineer for this episode. And our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. If you love the show, please rate and review us. It helps more people find The Rundown. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Monday.